You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> this is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a great day out there, America. This is your humble host, Michael McIntyre. And today we're talking about entrepreneur. What does that mean? It's such an overused term, it seems like. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. All right, well, maybe they don't. I don't know, maybe it's just my imagination. But the definition of an entrepreneur is the activity of setting up a business or businesses taking a financial risk in hope of profit. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? Well, let me just tell you this. It truly is, and it also isn't. That's right, I said it. Because look, here's the thing. Today, here in 2020, it's so easy to set up a business. It truly is. You know, I talk to people all the time, and when I'm coaching somebody and they want to start a business, or maybe they've worked, um, it seems like I've got a lot of nurses and doctors who, uh, lately that wanted to start a business. And, and brilliant people, very, very smart people, but they just don't know the basics about starting a business. Even just getting a business address can be a challenge to some people. But at any rate, being an entrepreneur is not hard. Today, it's fairly easy with the technology, with you know, LegalZoom, with all the different aspects. Within you know, 24 hours, at the most 48 hours in two business days, you can have your business. You can have a DBA. You can even have an incorporated LLC and be up and running and even having a bank account with an EIN number. So it's just that easy. Now, look, here's the other thing I want you to know. Being an entrepreneur, one of the things here, it's taking a risk, right? And so so often people want to get into you know business and maybe you've seen other people get in business and you think, man, I knew that I could do that. That's a great idea. And you thought, okay. And you think it's going to be easy. Well, let me just tell you this. It's not. All right. And I'm glad it's not easy. It's easy to start a business. Don't get me wrong. It's really easy. A few clicks, you know, if you need a lawyer, you can get a lawyer to incorporate which I would encourage you to do instead of trying to do it yourself. But that part is easy. What's not easy is, is coming up with that better mousetrap, coming up with that idea, coming up with that blue ocean, right? And what does that mean? You know, man, there's just so many different things out there. You know, what is a blue ocean? You know, blue ocean, red ocean. I'll, I'll touch that here on in a second because I think it's very important. So starting a business is easy. Making a successful business is hard. And let me just tell you, you want it to be hard. You really do. Because if it was easy, then there would be no value to it. And if everybody could do it, there'd be no value. And there just wouldn't. And then the money would be meaningless because you wouldn't be making a whole lot of money. And one of the good things about being an entrepreneur, uh, one of the benefits is trying to make or going to make a lot of money. Now, the other thing too, maybe it's not a lot of money. Maybe it's just you want to be in business for yourself so you don't have to answer to the man, right? 
I get it. I understand. So if you want to be in business for yourself and be an entrepreneur, maybe just want to carve out a good living, you know, after expenses, everything else, bring home 60 to a hundred thousand dollars a year, make a good living. Some of you out there who want to be an entrepreneur or are a business owner, maybe, you know, that's not what you want to do. Maybe you want to go out there and mark your millions. Maybe you want to make $5 million a year, a million dollars a year, 800,000 a year, hundred million dollars a year. It's out there. You can do it. The money today is so big. You know, I just put out, I put out a uh, Instagram, a social media team and it's interviewing me about, you know, how people, you know, making money. And, and uh, quite often I ask, people ask me, Hey McIntyre, what do you consider good money? I mean, how much money, you know, should I be asking to make? I want to make some good money. And my response is, always the same. Listen, all money is good. I don't care what it is. It could be the smallest denomination. It could be the largest. It's good, depending on how you use it. Uh, and it even be better. It can be really fruitful, right? How you steward your money. And so, entrepreneur. Now, look, one of the things that you have to know about being an entrepreneur, and I know some of you know this already, and an entrepreneur doesn't always look the same. It could be an artist entrepreneur. I interviewed a real good friend of mine, Chris Turner, who's an amazing artist, and he's an entrepreneur, okay? And he happens to be the product too, though. And that makes it for a unique entrepreneur. Um, I've got other people who have social media companies who are entrepreneurs. I have people that uh, start, you know, have uh, a small business and music production, which is entrepreneurship. Um, so, you know, pastors, I coach pastors quite often, small pastors, you know, anywhere from, you know, 100 people in their congregation to 5,000 people, they're entrepreneurs as well. Unless, you know, in, unless they're with a big denomination like a Catholic church or Methodist church or Lutheran, generally they have a home office and it's not so much of an entrepreneurship. But here's the big dif difference in, in it for entrepreneurs. It's called risk. And it's the, de the definition of risk. I looked this up. The possibility that something unpleasant or unwelcome will happen. And that's amazing to me because that's such a negative definition. Because I look at risk as the opportunity to make something that nobody else can make. You've heard of the old, you know, the, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. And I truly believe that. I really do. You know, if, if you're going to put no risk out there, if you're going to go buy like stock, you know, a lot of people right now, you know, the stock market almost, you know, hit 30,000 the other day. You know, by the time this comes out, stock market could be at 35,000 or at 20,000, right? So it, it, you never know when this thing's going to happen. But if I'm going to go out there and buy a blue chip stock, and what's a blue chip stock? So IBM, you know, uh, you know, it used to be, you know, Disney used to be a blue chip stock, but it still is. The Dow 30, you know, General Electric, these, these companies are pretty solid, although they've had some ups and downs recently. But, you know, uh, Martin Marietta, these big, you know, General Dynamics, these big companies, Boeing. Uh, so these are blue chip stocks. So let's say you buy shares of those stocks. There's a pretty good chance, really good chance that they're going to be around for the next 20 years, Right maybe even longer. So that's not a big risk. And so the return, you might only get a five to seven or 8% return a year, but it's going to be steady. And, and over the period of time, that's good. Now, there's all, there's all the com other companies out there that I've invested in before that are, you know, no name companies that might have, you know, 
50 to $100 million market, market cap. Stocks trading at seven, eight, nine dollars a share. I bought those companies and doubled my money in a short period of time. It was a big risk, but a big reward. I've also bought companies and lost all of it <laughs> in that short period of time because it was highly risk. So risk, you know, it can be uncomfortable. It can be unwelcome things that happen to you, but it also can be hugely beautiful and prosperous things that can happen to you at bigger the risk. So if you're looking at entrepreneurship, I'm just, and I know I'm talking to some pros out there that know all this, but it's really important that you assess the risk. What is your risk tolerance? And one of the things when I'm coaching somebody in this is if they're married, you know, both you and your wife or you and your husband have to be on the same page in risk tolerance. You know, if you're going to put a hundred thousand dollars in a business, you know, are you willing to lose it? Or is it like, absolutely not. I'm willing to risk $50 of that hundred thousand. So your risk tolerance is very low. So you probably don't want to be in business right? So go invest in mutual funds, be happy with that and live a long, healthy life and, and not, you know, don't be miserable because you don't have, you know, $10 million in the bank or whatever. So, but anyways, I wanted to talk about that because I think, I think it's real important to, to define the situation as an entrepreneur. All right. So let's say you, you come up with an idea. I always call it a better mousetrap. Why do I call it a mousetrap? Because you got to bring people into your business. You just cannot, you know, put, you know, okay, here's my name of my business. You know, it's, you know, Acme Brick Company. And all of a sudden everybody's going to just show up and start buying bricks from you. It doesn't work that way. You've got to advertise, you got to market, you got to plan, you got to get capital, you got to invest. So, you know, how much marketing are you going to do? How much, you know, nowadays social media, how much social media are you going to do? SEO, how much are you going to spend on your website? You need to plan. The old adage is, you know, people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. So you need to plan. And that doesn't mean you have to plan, you know, for five years out. I don't even recommend that. Uh, even in an established business, I, you know, I like to look at short-term plans, right? I like 30, 60, 90-day plans. <laughs> I know some of you Wharton uh, MBAs are out there saying, what do you mean a 90 day plan? That's crazy. Well, the world's moving so fast nowadays. I think it's real important to have a short term plan. Yes, you can have your long term vision, your goals, you know, and look out, you know, you know, four or five quarters or even, you know, five years. That's fine. But I do think you need if, if you're a business within, you know, two years old, you really need to be looking at 30, 60, 90 and everything that you do today will not show up generally for about 75 to 90 days. So just know that, but you need to plan. So you need to plan how much money you're gonna need. And you've heard me say it before, entrepreneur, the worst thing an entrepreneur can have is cash or a lot of it, be creative. Okay, here's something that's really gonna upset you Dave Ramsey people, use your credit card. That's right, I said it, okay? Don't be a fool, okay? Go out there and use your credit card. Why would I wanna use my credit card? Because it's unsecured debt. It really is. Yes, I know it's 18, 19, 20, even sometimes 29% interest rate. But listen, if, you're gonna got, if you've got a good idea and you plan and you seek wisdom on that, you know, go out there and why not use unsecured debt? You surely don't wanna go out there and take a home equity line of credit, a HELOC, uh, because if you lose that money, they come and take your home. If you lose your money on a Visa or MasterCard, okay, it's unsecured debt. All right, your, your FICO score will take a ding. So what? 
That's right. I said it. All right. So anyways, I'm not going to go into great detail on that, but some of you are really worried about your FICO score a little bit too much, but that's okay. If you don't want to take a risk, don't be an entrepreneur, right? So plan, figure out what you need. Take a look at your credit cards. How many do you have? What's the maximum you can put on a credit card? Listen, I started my $3 billion company with American Express. I didn't have any money, but I used my American Express. I had an $80,000 limit on my American Express. And this is back in, let me see, 1993. Uh, and so this is how I started it, right? And so uh, 1990, actually it was or before then, it was about 1990. And so, you know, but back then it was different, but that's how I started. I didn't have the money. So we started it with American Express and I floated it. And I took a big risk. I really did. But I would have that card maxed out at $80,000 in a matter of, you know, 35, 40 days. And I could float it. I knew exactly when American Express would stop the card. Because that's what you do as an entrepreneur. You get creative. All right. You learn these things. You study these things. You talk to people. You talk to uh, people that's been there before. And you figure it out. All right. Um, seek wisdom. Okay, the third, the fourth thing you need to do is seek wisdom. And what does seeking wisdom mean? What, well, talk to somebody that's been there before. You know, I always talk about, you know, if you're going to hire a coach, great, you should hire a coach. Coaches are great. I'm a coach. I, I love coaching people. But you need, to, you need to really find a coach and wisdom with fruit. Don't be going out there looking at somebody that says, you know, I'm thinking about starting a business. Yeah, me too. Have you ever done it? No. Well, let's just, you know, let's throw some money in here. Let's and see what happens. Now, you've got to find somebody that's done it before. And listen, it might cost you some money. Free advice is just free advice. It's what I'm giving you right now, which is valuable free advice. <laughs> but if you really want to dig in and find and get somebody to help you hold your hand, walk you through this deal, show you the ins and outs, because I've said it before, you know, learning from others, you know, learning from your mistake is, is very wise, but learning from others' mistakes is genius. So find somebody out there that's been through that battle before and they can help you. It'll save you, could save you thousands of dollars and tons of time and get your business going into a profit motive much faster than, than before. But seek your wisdom and just don't come across the first person you see. You might need to you know, interview a few people. Chemistry is important in this coaching and wisdom. Um, and confidentiality is very important. But look at the fruit of the people you're looking at. You know, are they, you know, do they have a business? Have they had a good business? What kind of car do they drive? <laughs> people think, they think that's crazy. I don't. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean they have to have a you know, Lamborghini. In fact, if they are driving a Lamborghini, I probably wouldn't hire them as a coach. Um, but you know, you know, are they steady? Are they conservative? Uh, have they been married a long time? How are their children? How are their, you know, and what's their education? What's their background? So these things are important when you're looking, seeking wisdom. But if you have, if, if you've done this before, if you've done it out there, still find somebody that you can really have confidence in. Because look, the main thing you want to do is have somebody tell you, you know, and sometimes it's no fun having somebody tell you your baby is ugly, McIntyre. Man, that's an ugly baby. Because you might have thought about this baby for like, you know, six weeks. You've been dreaming about it, praying about it, getting words over it. You're drawing this stuff out. You even created a logo. You got a business card and you show up somebody and, and then all of a sudden they sink that battleship and they say, bro, that's, that's crazy. That's not going to work. And they may be right and they may be wrong. 
but you've got to be able to do, you know, you've, you've got to be able to seek that wisdom and take that coaching and take that. And you might, you know, seek out two or three different opinions on there. You know, just this last week, I got really excited over the weekend about an opportunity, still might do it, but um, I, I wanted to create this virtual online intensive with some really experienced entrepreneurs, influencers, business guys, media moguls, and I still might do it. But, you know, I got, you know, I started looking at other things and I got distracted and it didn't get, so I was very, very excited. I was stoked. I was pegging about a nine, almost a 10. And after I met with somebody, it dropped down to about a six. It doesn't mean I won't do it, but it's good. I got a little cold water thrown on the hot coals. And sometimes that's good because otherwise you make bad decisions if you get the fever. All right. Seek wisdom, plan, make sure that you have, you know, you're ready for your risk tolerance. Come up with a good idea if you have, you know, a better mousetrap. So I told you I talked about blue ocean, red ocean. All right, so what is the blue ocean, red ocean theory? So here's what happens. Uh, so often we look at things and, you know, we want to be in a restaurant business or have a bar or, you know, maybe a movie theater. And the reason we look at that sort of thing, because everybody else has got one and there's success in it, but it's a red ocean. It's a market with a lot of competition. So red ocean, picture this, picture a, uh, a huge Olympic sized swimming pool, saltwater swimming pool. And you've got, you throw in there, there's like, 500 sharks in there, just sharks that haven't eaten in three days. And so you throw them in this big old huge pool, these great white sharks, and you have this big 100 pound piece of beef, raw piece of beef that you throw right in the middle of that big Olympic sized saltwater pool. Well, you know what's going to happen, right? These sharks are going to go crazy after that piece of meat, right? They're all going to hit that meat and they're going to fight over it. They're going to bite it and they're going to bite each other. And that place is going to get bloody red. That ocean, that, that, that pool is going to be red with blood. And a lot of people, a lot of these uh, sharks, these people, a lot of these sharks are going to get hurt and it's going to be vicious and they're not all going to get what they want. That's called red ocean com competition. I'll give you an example. If you look in, you know, the soft drink industry in this country, you know, or in this world, Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, man, it's a red ocean, a lot of competition, you know, and each one of them comes up with more and more different names of, you know, they got Minute Maid, they've got RC, they've got, you know, Mountain Dew. They're all the same. They're all owned by the same two companies. And each one of them is trying to get more of that, that big red meat that's in that, that water. They want to hit that meat and it's very expensive. Our grocery businesses, our grocery uh, stores, if you, in your, whatever your neighborhood is, there's probably four or five different main grocery stores and the competition is fierce. Uh, it used to be gas stations were at every corner, you know, I mean, you'd try, you know, you know, do you remember when maybe some of you don't, but some of you are boomers out there. You remember when there was four gas stations at every intersection, uh, that was red ocean. Now it's very expensive to operate in a red ocean environment. Okay. Cause the competition's fierce and there's very little for margin. The margins are very thin. But a blue ocean is different, okay? A blue ocean is totally different. The airlines in industries, for instance, is kind of a red ocean market. You know, Burger King, McDonald's is a red ocean environment, you know. Then you throw, you know, uh, Jack in the Box and Whataburger for you Texans out there. That, that's a red ocean. All right, let's take a look at blue ocean. So same, same huge swimming pool, saltwater, huge Olympic-sized swimming pool. But there's only one shark in that water. 
<laughs> just one big shark and he's hungry. Okay. That's right. He's, he, he's hungry. And so he's all by himself. So you throw that same big hundred pound raw piece of meat in the middle of that water. What's going to happen to that water? Well, not a lot because that shark gets to eat whenever it wants. Swim around, enjoy the water, enjoy himself. And every now and then take a hit off that meat because there's no competition, right? It's a blue ocean. It's wide open. He gets to swim and do, does what he wants, eat when he wants because it's there. And so the water stays pure and it stays blue and it's clear. So it's a blue ocean environment. Give you an example of that is like uh, back in 1984, way back in the Stone Age, okay, two guys came over from um, France to New York City to the uh, back and they wanted to come and hang out in Broadway. So these two guys who were in the circus business in France come over there and hang out in Broadway and they fall in love with Broadway. It's the first time in New York City. And these two guys, brothers, love the city, love New York, love Broadway. And they got to thinking about it. They said, you know, we should come up with a circus show similar to Broadway and we can charge a lot of money, serve some wine and some nice food and just have a beautiful atmosphere, like a Broadway atmosphere instead of the stinky, you know, three ring, you know, circus. So they did. And they come up with this thing called Cirque du Soleil. And within 20 years, Cirque du Soleil had made more money, generated more revenue than all of the circuses put together since the beginning of time, just in that 20 year period, because they created a massive blue ocean. They get to do what they want. I mean, they were charging $125 a ticket, you know, where, you know, Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey were charging, you know, 1995, but it was a whole different experience. So they created that blue ocean. Another company that created a blue ocean was a company here in Dallas, Texas, back in 1973, it started. And a guy named Herb Kellier started it. And this attorney here in Dallas came up with the idea, said, you know, we can fly people from Dallas down to Austin, Texas, or to Houston, Texas, and we can do it very inexpensively. And we'll put some pretty flight attendants on here. They called them stewardesses back then. They had cowboy boots, hot pants, and white cowboy hats. And we'll serve some drinks. And, uh, and they did it. And they, they would fly business guys back and forth to these small cities. You know, they were short flights, 30-minute flights, and only charged like $39. Well, he started this company called Southwest Airlines in 1973. Since then, okay, he's never, they have, Southwest Airlines is the only airline in the industry that has never, that, that's ever had a loss in a quarter. Even through this pandemic, they've still made money. And it's because they created a blue ocean and they did, and they did it expert, expertly. And also all of their employees became very wealthy because instead of paying all this money out in salaries, they gave them a, a very modest salary, but gave them a lot of stock. So you had a lot of baggage hand, handlers out there and people who were with, with small jobs that didn't require a huge education today are worth several millions of dollars. 20 to 30 millions of dollars because they had that stock. So Herb Kellier created the Southwest Airlines, which was a huge blue ocean. In fact, it, it, it surpassed all expectations. It's the only airline model that hasn't failed. And 
it, when a lot of other airlines have gone bankrupt over the years, Southwest Airlines still flew at a profit every quarter. So that gives you an idea. So in your planning, in, in being an entrepreneur, look for the blue ocean opportunities. Sometimes they, they're not always prevalent. They're not always right there. Maybe pray about it. See if the Holy Spirit drops something on you. Maybe have a mastermind group to come up with some great ideas. Anyways, it's out there though. There is more blue oceans out there. Believe me, especially with this e-commerce, especially with the social media. You know, it's just, there's so much opportunity out there right now. I, I had a a podcast about five or six or seven of them ago uh, about Opportunity Unlimited. And I promise you, it's still very strong. Listen, we've got the vaccine coming out here soon, but it's still going to take a minute for it to catch on and everybody to get back to some normalcy, hopefully mid-2021. Uh, I know I'm optimistic, but I like to be optimistic. So when you get out there, when you look, for, look, for these, look for these blue ocean mousetraps. Come up with some different ideas. Look at things a little bit differently. Um, it'll work. And so if you do come up with one of these, okay, plan it out, right? People don't you know, plan to fail. They just fail to plan. Make sure you, you know, cross all your T's, dot your I's, and look at it. Seek wisdom. Find a coach. Get, get involved. Look at it other places. Get, get on the internet and see. Look who's your competition. You know, I'm, I'm talking to one person right now that has a brilliant idea in ladies' fashion. And I said, listen, make sure you go out there and look and see who else is doing this. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. You can repurpose some good ideas from other places and, and improve on it and be better in it and create that blue ocean in that environment, no matter what it is. The last thing is, is go. <laughs> it's go time, all right? So you, you, you come up with your idea, you have a blue ocean, you seek wisdom, you plan this thing out, you get on the internet, you get your social media, you get going, let's, let's start doing it, all right? And one of the you know, things is, well, people ask me all the time, do I quit my job? No, you don't quit your job. Maybe, maybe you feather this thing in, you know. If you're a true entrepreneur and you've got the money to do it, that'd be great. But if not, that's okay. You can do this as a side hustle until it catches fire. But just start going and do it. Uh, and, you know, the best thing to do if you want to be an entrepreneur is know that there's risk involved. I tell people all the time, man, listen, you know, if you haven't failed in business, okay, you haven't really pushed it to the limit, and honestly, you're probably not going to make the money you really want to make. You got to push it to the limit and it's okay to fail. Does that mean you quit the business and never do it again? No. Okay. You, you read, you, you're all right. You didn't make it that time. It didn't work. You tried, you gave it 90 days, you gave it two years, whatever it was, it didn't catch fire. All right. So what'd you learn from that? You know, what are you going to do with the next venture? You know, Thomas Edison, you've heard these stories before, you know, Thomas Edison, you know, he had, I don't know how many inventions failed. You know, he had like, you know, 790 inventions failed of the light bulb until one finally took, you know, so you just, you, you can't give up. You just got to re reboot yourself, retest yourself, reposition yourself and get your head on straight because it's all about attitude. It truly is. So I just wanted to touch base about entrepreneurship. Listen, we're going to unpack some more of this as, as uh, winding down this year, 2020. It's December. It's a great time. I love the air. It's cool. I know the days are shorter right now, which is kind of weird. I mean, it gets dark starting at four o'clock. I mean, come on. Uh, but that changes after December 22nd. So be safe out there. And remember, listen, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. He, you know, he will guide you through these times. And don't worry. 
Okay. If you're an entrepreneur and you want to go out there and make some money, you know, seek wisdom, be a business person, come out there. If you, if you failed before at business, okay, that's okay. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't, don't let the enemy put you into isolation. Come on, come out here. Here's what I did. Here's what didn't work. Here's what worked. You know, one time I spent $250,000 on TV ads and I did it because I was prideful and didn't ask about what a broad rotator was. And it was a complete flop. And I'm telling you this, um, not because I'm proud of it, because I'm really embarrassed about it. But this is what happens when you have too much money. <laughs> and so, uh, seek wisdom. If I would have sought wisdom on there, they would have told me, don't spend all your money on a broad rotator because there's nobody going to watch it, right? Because that's when you run ads at three o'clock in the morning, only the people who are stoned or alone or, you know, doing some nefarious things are going to watch your ad. Nobody cares about it. That's why it's only, you know, 80 cents or, or 15 bucks to run an ad, right? So that's why you see all those crazy ads, you know, in the middle of the night. But if I had asked somebody, sought some wisdom, but I had so much money, I, I thought, well, I know what I'm doing because I made so much money before. Big mistake. All right, just sharing a little bit of my vulnerability and transparency. All right, so listen, go out there and make a difference, okay? Don't take no for an answer. Don't be discouraged and uh, keep yourself focused. Keep your eye on the prize because listen, it's out there. You're in the United States of America. Some of you are listening in different parts of the country and you have opportunities. I understand Singapore is a really good opportunity. Thailand's a good opportunity or Taiwan. So anyways, there's a lot of great places around this world, but United States of America, come on. It's the best. That's right. I said it. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, Jesus is king and he wasn't on the ballot and he never will be. Hey, friends, please remember to rate, review, subscribe and share our podcast on Apple, Spotify and all other platforms where great podcasts are found. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com.